All right, everybody, welcome back to the best hour of their day. My internet feels like it's doing better today, uh, but I am here with a repeat guest, Dr. Nathan Jenkins, who uh, is now, I would consider you a good friend, spoke at the Trainer Summit and uh, back because he wanted to talk about a particular subject, which is interesting because uh, I did a podcast yesterday with Adrian Conway, uh, and this, the, this has kind of been brought up a little bit, but there's a lot of people like trying to figure out what to do with their time. Um, but first and foremost, um, I'm sorry you haven't been to your affiliate. Yeah, man. It's been like a month, or a little more than a month now. But, um, you know, we're pretty fortunate. I, I was able to, my wife and I were able to assemble a pretty respectable home gym in our carport. We, have a, we don't have a closing garage, which is a, kind of a drag right now. Yeah. But um, we have, um, let's see, two barbells, about 300 pounds of bumper plates. I, I was pretty proud. I installed a pull-up bar into a brick wall, which was no, nice. which was no joke. Yeah. I, I keep telling my wife, like I, I build things now. Um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a real man. <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I punched that, um, you know, that square on my man card or whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway, just a bunch, uh, we've got, a, we, we have a pretty good setup and it's, and we, we're doing the zoom class. I actually just got off a zoom class uh, about an hour ago with, uh, with my affiliate. So, so how are they doing those? Are they, are you guys working out in their coaching? Yeah. Um, so it's actually really cool because so Caitlin and Jeremy, who um, you've talked to and probably by the time this airs, they're up. Yeah. So, yep. Air. So that one will air before this one. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, they coach on Fridays at noon as of right now, um, there's one zoom class a day. Um, okay. And there are different times to kind of accommodate the different, um, you know, the 530 AM, I think they have two meetings a week and the, all the 530 AM regulars are doing that. I'm not jumping in on those. Um, and then there's a couple at noon throughout the week and a couple at uh, 5 p.m. Oh, so they so, do one, but they exactly. move it around throughout the week. Yeah, exactly. Got and it. Okay. I mean, and uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's uh, you know, I, one of the things that has come up a good bit is like, okay, is Zoom going to be the new way to do CrossFit classes? I don't think so. No. But you know what? It's cool. Like it's, it's working well for what we need right now which is some semblance of the community and my favorite part honestly is like the the debrief afterwards like when we're all kind of like dying and catching our breath yeah um, and it's like okay what was the the hardest part for you you know yeah um, what, what, what did you you know what was your strategy in that workout like that kind of stuff so um, that captures some of what we're missing in the affiliate environment so yeah I, I would agree I think I think a lot of people are hot on it right now um because they're looking at a lot of different things you know they're looking at lost revenue and they can do this online yeah. but it, it will it's just like anything else it will you know just like virtual coaching if you were doing this one-on-one -on -one with people it will never replace in-person no. coaching um but i also think if if you have been building a good affiliate if you have if you're in touch with your client base and you have personal connection with them mm -hmm you have probably seen how much people want to get into the into the affiliate like mm -hmm. they are, they want to get in there desperately. That's how yeah. our members are. Absolutely. Um, Can't wait to get back. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think for some people, I think there's a lot of people that are, yeah, not a lot. There's a decent amount of folks who are going to go all in on that. And I don't think it's going to work out. I don't, um, see it. I don't see it. Once we're back into some semblance of normal. I think there's a variation of this that could be, I don't know. I'm just literally making up a number right now. Right. Uh, something to the tune of 15 to 20% of revenue. If you do it 
like a like a virtual aspect of it not even like a zoom class but just online coaching mm-hmm. um it, it, it's it's open people's eyes to that and i think some people are gonna gonna probably false start on that yeah and everybody else is kind of like mm, how could i do this it's not going to be like this but it'll be some variation of this like the folks who are, who have switched to more of a one-on-one mm-hmm. style that will be offered i i think in some way shape or form moving forward that's our plan at least maybe um, maybe a mechanism to scale that a little bit too like it, yeah as opposed to only one-on-one coaching in person you also now have Mm-hmm. The ability to scale it up and do it remotely but um yeah there's nothing like just to get you know, no there's five to 15 or 20 of your yeah no, best not at all and they're throwing down together in the same space like you can't capture that so no it, yeah you can't replace that and anybody who says otherwise is uh i don't know not paying attention or just doesn't like people um yeah. so but anyway, um, so you and I had been emailing back and forth, and you kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, the just the concept of higher education, and yeah. um, which is I think it's kind of relevant because I think there's a lot of people, and alluding to what I was talking about earlier, there's a lot of people who who are not really sure what to do with their time right now. So mm-hmm. I've talked to a number of people who who the statement was, I was studying for the level three, and now I don't know what to do. To which mm-hmm. my response is, this is the perfect time to study for level three. This is the perfect time. Yes. You if know. you have extra time on your hands, this is great. So, yeah, how do you, you know, so I think it's a good time to, because for most people, I think they're probably looking at another three weeks of this, mm-hmm. of shutdown, I mean, of just like mm-hmm. a minimum least, probably. Yeah. So we can kind of nudge people <laughs> in the right direction, hopefully yeah. with this conversation, but I'll kind of let you ask the questions because we yeah. didn't really dive in. So, no, so you go um, from there. well, the history of this for me, man, is it's a question I've had for a long time for anyone that I see is like really developed as a professional in the CrossFit space. Um, and, and just for context for the listeners who um, haven't heard the episodes I've been on before um, my background and, and current role, I guess is I'm a university professor. My area is exercise science and I do uh, basically contract consulting work for CrossFit Inc and developing some of the exercise, exercise science content. Uh, for the training department. And um, so I'm kind of, I have a bit of a, a foot in both worlds. And the, it's very interesting, the history of um, CrossFit and exercise science isn't always um, a, a pretty one. Uh, things oh, that's kind a of nice off, way, that's a nice right? way of saying it. Things kind of got off on the wrong foot a little bit. Um, I'm going to round and say a decade ago. Uh, but actually, from stories I've heard, it goes back even further than that, like when Greg was first starting off with the level one seminars and so forth. So, um, and it, it's very interesting for me um, to look at how that's kind of evolved and uh, to now where like, you know, as a professor of extra science, I this past fall gave a talk at the trainer summit. Like that would have probably been unheard of at actually not too, in, too far distant in history. Um, and so that's that's which was great by the way like i love that talk i I appreciate that yeah um and it's just it's really cool opportunity for me to get to i wish i'd been there longer we could kind of like unpack some of the stuff that um oh that was that was one of those talks where i think everybody would have just been like we could just keep this going just everybody get a drink or something and we'll just keep rolling yeah and for me it's not not so much the talk itself but the conversation the follow-up afterwards it's like man we could really dig into some of this stuff but and that's kind of like uh, high level um some of my motivation for like uh, 
following you and, and this podcast and kind of engaging with um, some folks on the, on the staff, I've, you know, through that interaction and just like through, through the internet, through Instagram and so forth, um, I follow a lot of people on staff and uh, a lot of my followers are people, are, are staff members. So um, I guess the, the, for me, the question is, what's the current take on the, the, the academic aspect, the academic exercise science um, for people like in your profession? Or what would you actually say uh, is the value of like higher education uh, exercise science? And there's like different, that can take many different forms, whether it's a further de uh, development of like your actual degrees, or maybe going back for more classes, or uh, pursuing some other certifications, whether they're the, or, or credentials like are offered through um, the training department with CrossFit. And there's other ones out there, which you, you've discussed, you and I actually, I think last time I was on, talked mm -hmm. about that, those a little bit. Um, like how, when, when you have a, 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 let's say you have somebody who is, um, says that, hey, Fern, I wanna be on staff eventually. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I need to shore up my education in say like the metabolic pathways mm -hmm. or something like that should I go back to school or what should I, what, like, what should I read? What, what do I do? Um, how do you advise them? And where does the university kind of fit into that? There's a lot there. So I'll try to answer that. And I guess in pieces, so I'll, I'll answer the first one pretty directly with regard to seminar staff. You should have a, a baseline level of knowledge with regard to that stuff, uh, mm -hmm. because you're going to have to give a, a lecture on it. If that's what you, if, if, that's what you want to do for a living. You're going to have to talk to it. And, and my experience or my motivation is to be able to talk to anything within that course, probably a minimum of two to three levels deeper. In the event that somebody asks a question, I don't want to just have a surface level understanding of it and, just, and, and punt the question. I would like to be able to engage because I'm fully aware that there's people like yourself uh, who have spent years. Mm -hmm learning these things who are sitting in these courses who are more intelligent than me. Um, so I think you need to have a baseline understanding of it to have an intelligent conversation yeah. with the understanding to some extent, my job and our job as trainers is not to be the leading experts in the scientific aspect of exercise science. Mm -hmm. It's to be the best trainers in the world, which right. is more the practical application of teaching somebody movement. So I don't necessarily think it's either or, but if somebody's saying, hey, I wanna be on staff, to some degree I don't care how well you know the metabolic pathways. Right. We could learn that in relatively short order. I think you would agree. Like, yeah. yes, it's a complex topic, but I mean, with a couple hours and a whiteboard, we could give it most people a, a pretty sound understanding of why it's important. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Becoming a good trainer takes way longer. You, so, that's that's experience right absolutely. so I th you yeah. have to have like the actual reps yeah to do that job mm -hmm. absolutely yeah the um the and i think i was one of the times i was texting you we were talking um just to share like a goal that i have i think it'd be really neat eventually this is like a five probably unless a, a big career change happens more like a 10-year timeline is i would love to eventually attain the level three um but see, right now, I don't even have my level two yet. <laughs> so, well, I, th I mean, also, you could do, I think you could do it in, in short order. I think the big limitation for you is time. Like you have exactly. a full-time profession you. as a doctor at the university. So to, to your point, yeah, the, uh, the, 
I could probably take the test relatively soon, right? I just, I need to I'm still. The minimum is, uh, I, you'd have to be, I forget to do the math on this, but like, let's just say that you were coaching 30 hours a month on that track consistently, it would take you roughly two years to be eligible yes, to sit right. for the level three. It's 750 hours total. Yeah. Roughly two, so, roughly two years, but let's so call it. Yeah. So, so with a, I have a full-time job and like, I don't even, I'm not even coaching classes right now. So I'd have mm-hmm. to like work that in. Um, anyway, so, um, well here, let me, uh, let me follow up on one thing you said. Uh, if you want to know something that's two or three levels deeper than what's, than what's really practical for, for working, you know, training a client, where do you go and get that second and third level? I think you can do a lot of different ways. I, I think you can do, I think you can go with the, the actual university or college route, I can pursue an actual credential, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm in full support of, or you can do kind of old school, which is open up some textbooks and read them on your own. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think for me personally, there's two aspects to this is like, do I want to be in command of the information for the sake of being in command of the information? And then there's the other part of, does this credential in some way, shape, or form potentially give me a leg up mm-hmm. in, in the industry, depending on what you're pursuing? So we could use the, uh, the CSCS, for example, because um, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. If you want, so I've sat for that test because um, it's two parts. Did right. not pass the second part because it's very specific with regard to the, I think it's like, I forget what it's called, but one's like practical science or practical uh-huh. So whatever and i forget what the other one's called um but i didn't uh, study yeah useful and useless shit Use, yeah yeah so that's how i would describe it and that's and it is what it is right like if okay. anybody's butthurt by that I, i'm sorry i don't know what to tell you uh, that, that, i was the one that said it not you so yeah, yeah. Uh, but i agree so um so i didn't pass the test because i li- i did not open a textbook to read uh-huh. i was I, it was kind of an experiment for me i said i does the knowledge i currently possess lend itself to getting this credential it just just to kind of be able to have a conversation about to combat people who say the level one is garbage right. and cscs is this thing so but i would tell you you know um a i will go back and retake that to have the credential so that i can speak to it authoritatively as a professional have it, yeah yeah and then the other part of that is it if you want to branch outside of crossfit meaning uh, i want to have some sort of potential foot in the door to work with high school potentially collegiate Mm -hmm. athletics Mm -hmm. in some way shape or form i mean listen we can bitch and moan all day about that it's not very useful but it's still cost of entry it is so so it is what it is like that's life and if and if you want to do that um then you're going to have to go through and do that and then there's kind of a third aspect to that which is just simply the pursuit of knowledge do i think their credential is going to be highly useful to me no but I do believe that the pursuit of the credential and the pursuit of information and making myself smarter will be useful to me. Yeah. Um, and one thing I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but your listeners may or may not n- know this um, because unlike your co-hosts, you don't, you don't tend to tout your, your credentials as much uh, and co- accomplishments, but um, you're pursuing a master's in exercise science right now, aren't you? Correct. 
it's yeah. a, it's on hold currently because of a lot of things. Uh, but yes, I am pursuing a uh, a master's in exercise. It's actually in sports science um, at from the sports university science. or not from the university. It's uh, from um, United States Sports Academy. It's all online. Um, okay. Which, if I was to describe, like, what is that? Like, it sounds complex, but sports science is kind of just a hodgepodge of a lot of things, right? So my uh, curriculum is a master's degree in sports science with an emphasis in sports ecology. Um, so in that curriculum, there's all sorts of stuff. So there's sports marketing, there is sports management, there's recreational management, there is sports psychology, there's strength and conditioning. Like I said, it's kind of like jack of all trades type yeah. uh, education, which is what I wanted. I didn't really want to pitch. I kind of wanted to uh, to taste a lot of different things within the sure. curriculum. Get a general. Um, yeah, um, because I don't really need to dive into a lot of those things. Because the other option was to try to get an, an MBA, and most of the mentors that I talked to uh, told me that that would be a waste of time. So in, anybody who's been in business that's that will that is generally the unless you're pursuing something in that world in the, mm-hmm. in the corporate world where it's where it's necessary mm-hmm. i said you have the information that you need from experience like you, you could you could kind of teach the course or the concepts with regard to that yeah. which i kind of saw in in some of the earlier courses that i took in sports management and sports marketing mm-hmm. um the you know so i chose not to do that because my profession is not while i do own a business my profession is being a trainer yeah you know and right. but i i also am a business owner so yeah. i figured that would be more beneficial to me um with regard to i guess so that, being an expert uh-huh so that's the that is that's the one that's out is it, um in daphne alabama is that um, correct where, yep 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 i'm familiar with that um that program a little bit um yeah and so uh would you say so your motivation for that was basically kind of like any other almost like the same reason but on on a broader level um like somebody might go get a olympic lifting certification you're just Mm -hmm. trying to you're using that as a a professional development yeah because it's it's not to say that i have it this is by no means saying that i have nothing else to learn in the world of crossfit like that journey is endless um but I guess I would say I'm a, a, a little bit towards the top, but I mean, but, but I would, this is when, you, this that. is when you, this is when you have to kind of like sharpen the ax a little bit. And yep. like, like Mike G is a perfect example who you, you and I both know. Mm-hmm. Um, he is what I would consider to be one of the more intelligent people, um, at least within the CrossFit space. I mean, he's incredibly bright, has a ton of practical experience and, Having those two things, I think, makes you very, very appealing to mm-hmm. it, it would, in whatever you're pursuing. Right. Um, you know, so, you know, he can, I mean, I've seen him, I've, I have seen him very politely, mind you, um, shut down some questions because people didn't know what his background was in, right. in seminars. And right. he was happy to go nine levels deep on something like, uh, I don't know gluconeogenesis from like that and then and then and then everybody was just like uh you know so you know the ability to do that and to speak to it and defend really is what you want like i look at it because my profession is to work at for crossfit at least is to present the material but then be able to authoritatively defend the material yeah uh so what to what extent i mean i know it's ongoing and you're in the process of it now but to what extent would you say that 
that the academic degree that you're pursuing is helping you as a professional um like is it is it is it meeting the expectation that you had uh for saying okay yes i'm going to do this because it's going to deliver this for me I, are you do you feel like it's paying off yeah i do i i think it yeah because i think it's challenging me in the more i don't even know how to describe it i would probably put a lot of these things like it sharpens the skills with regard to the corporatization mm-hmm. of the affiliate or, or professional if you will mm-hmm. um you know I, I think a professional is a professional so like i think if you're a if you want to be a, a an expert and a professional in the crossfit world i think for the most part with the exception of the methodology mm-hmm. your skill set and your knowledge should be trans you know if you want to be top of the heap your skill set should be transferable to the collegiate strength and conditioning mm-hmm. And I, I, if you're not pursuing that, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, yes, my methodology and preferred methodology is CrossFit. But at the same time, if you're really pursuing knowledge and the understanding of strength and conditioning and the physical ad- adaptation and, and, pursue, and the pursuit of physical performance, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff in yeah. the traditional strength and conditioning world. Yeah. You know, and so I, I definitely don't want to poo-poo on that stuff yeah. at all, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, my and my angle where I'm, like, becoming, I guess jaded is a good word, um, with my field is not, not actually with strength and conditioning. It's more with the exercise science. Science, just, yeah. Just the, the distinction is, like, the public health side and, like, the clinical um, – where, where we get like the clinical prescriptions for exercise, like mm-hmm. do the 150 minutes of moderate uh, intensity physical activity per week and you check your box and that's all you need to do for, for your fitness because it, that's what's going to protect you from, uh, it's the bare minimum dose to protect you from chronic disease. Yeah. That oh, sector of the field is where, um, that's my, that's like really my background where my roots, academic roots are. And it was when I was, I I won't repeat my whole CrossFit story, but it was like when I um, first started CrossFit, it kind of like opened my eyes to like, okay, I thought I was, I was following those guidelines that that we study over and over and over and over again in the lab. And I thought I was fit. And then all it took was like one CrossFit workout to expose how not fit I actually was. It's like, wait a minute, I have a PhD in exercise science. I'm supposed to be fit. Mm. (laughs) Almost as like that. Um, But the, uh, the, there's this other part of exercise science as a, as a broad term within it, the strength and conditioning um, literature. I have a lot of colleagues who I really respect a lot and, and um, both in the academy and in, 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 the, in the industry mm-hmm. uh, who have a background in strength and conditioning um, and apply a lot of concepts from strength and conditioning um, in their work. And it's really, really good stuff. So yeah, I also agree with you. I don't want to like poo poo on the strength and conditioning side too much there's a lot of good um sort of best practices that and crossfit does draw from that a lot as well yeah and i think uh yeah. so i guess my stance with regard to if we were going to kind of draw a line down the middle between the strength conditioning aspect and then the sports sciences mm-hmm. uh, or sports science in general i guess my answer would be uh, fairly candid which is i don't particularly care about the sports science not from a standpoint that i that i don't think it's important i do think it's important mm-hmm. um 
But if we were to go to some of the stuff with regard, if we go in the Wayback Machine and we look at some of the old lectures from close, and we still talk about it to some degree in the lectures, yeah. just the black box theory. Uh -huh. To some degree, who cares? Exactly. Who, care, who cares why it works? Like yeah. to, to try to, 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 to be foolish enough to think that we're somehow going to really unpack that and find the answer. And I'm, and again, if anybody who's thinking that I'm saying that the pursuit of trying to find that is, is bullshit, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just no. saying from a practical expert application of a practitioner of trying to get people to perform, I don't care. All I care about is what is this stimulus? What did it yield? And then I'm going to repeat that cycle over and over exactly. and I'm going to try to, and I'm going to try to redo that over and over. Yeah. So yeah, to some degree, no, I don't care about any of that stuff because it yeah. doesn't matter. It, the understanding of that largely in my experience of coaching thousands and thousands of athletes, I've, I've never found it to be useful on the floor. Again, not to say that it's not useful and you shouldn't have uh, the requisite information, but it's not going to help you be a better trainer. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe with the, to the extent that I'm training some high level athletes mm -hmm. and I really, so like Jason Lydon's a good example of this, who's been on the podcast yeah. and I really am trying to nerd out about trying to squeeze one to 2% out of a, out of a, an elite athlete. Mm -hmm. And I'm toying around with their programming uh, with regard to, you know, lactate threshold yeah. and what their, what their, how their glucose affects their ability to recover and depletion and all those things. Yeah, I think it's important. But for the everyday person, that riddle's been solved. What you should, what should you do? You should do constantly varied, ex uh, constantly varied functional movements executed to high intensity and you should eat real foods and right. quantities that support exercise, not body fat. Like right. that's it. Like that's the answer. Now, if people don't want to take that answer, they want to try to repackage it and sell it as something else. Well, that's fine. I don't care, but that's the answer. Yeah. How much, and, and maybe this can be, I'll, I'll stop uh, driving the, the interview bus here. And, no, it's good. <laughs> but it's, I, fine. I, it's fun. It's yeah. These are just some questions that I, the, the selfish motive here is that um, I'm trying to do a better job in my own work as a university mm -hmm. professor. Right. And this is like, this is really, really valuable for me that I can go and take back to the, well, whenever we get back in the lab, <laughs> yeah. uh, whenever that is, everything's canceled for the, for the oh, spring man. and the summer, actually. Um, everything's Did you, do you normally teach uh, summer courses? Uh, I do not normally, not normally teach summer courses. I, um, it's a great way to um, bump up your salary. If, Got if it. Teaching available. And yeah, yeah. Um, when it's, when it's available, I do. Um, so this, this summer I did get us uh, an online course, which is already going to be online. So that's kind of cool. I'll be uh, no changes there. And then um, we do have a, a fairly significant uh, research grant that uh, is, was, is funded through the summer. Um, and we're trying to figure out exactly how we're going to roll that out and maybe still collect do you, it. Do you have um, a, a plan for that grant already? Uh, I mean, we had experiments designed for it. Um, and uh, a plan to execute those experiments and really push hard over the summer. Um, can right you, now, can it, you say what they were? Uh, yeah, I can say a little bit about it. It's a, it's a project um, looking at um, muscle mitochondria function in people with type one diabetes. There's oh, okay. Amount, yeah. There's a fair amount known about mitochondria and type two. Um, 
the sort of the underlying hypothesis of this one is that with type one diabetes, there's also a lifestyle component where that population doesn't engage in physical activity as much as they yeah. uh, really is it like say age matched every day off the street general population controls. Um, they just tend to have a less, uh, not as healthy lifestyle. And meanwhile, yeah. their treatment is insulin, um, which has, if they're pumping in more insulin than they um, physiologically need, like in other words, if they were to exercise and control how much insulin they actually needed that way, um, that excess insulin itself has, um, that can cause problems, right? That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the hypothesis. So um, it's a partnership with uh, uh, it's, a, it's actually an NIH small business grant. So my colleague in the okay. department has his own small business that he's operating kind of in affiliation with the university, but it's like a separate thing. Um, and they've got some technology, which I can't say too much about. Um, yeah. They've got some technology to look at mitochondrial, uh, muscle mitochondrial function. Just think uh, oxygen uptake ability of the muscle um, non-invasively. So without cutting anybody or taking any tissues or any, you know, no biopsies or anything like that. Yeah. We can look at uh, muscle with that. So anyway, that's the the gist of that project. And as you can probably tell by my description of it, um, it requires in-person uh, yeah. interaction and not, I can't think of how we would do it while maintaining social distancing. Um, so so we're, we're working through that right now. Yell actually. at each other from across the gym. Yeah, I have no idea exactly how we're going to do it. But um, anyway, I kind of lost track of what my... Uh, question the last question I, ha- I wanted to throw at you um before we switch gears um but have you have you um have you taken a look at the le- online level one i haven't um not i haven't like clicked on any of the links or anything uh, my impression is that it's or my understanding rather is that it's isn't it mainly for targeted people who are like due for re-upping it yeah, so the only people who are eligible for it are revalidates, either okay. level one or level two, who are trying to just keep their credential. Or you actually, that's not true. Uh, if you are a level three, you could take it for CEUs. Okay, I, cool. I, I believe that's correct. Uh, I did talk to Nicole Carroll, and I believe she's going to come on the show and talk about it to elaborate oh. it a little bit. Because oh. I don't think I don't think it's what everybody think it is. But I don't want to speak to that because I'm not entirely sure. Because uh, I know they I know they did that quick, fast, and in a hurry. Oh, um, it was so fast. And uh, yeah, and like in a, matter, in a matter of weeks from my understanding. Yeah. And, and uh, from what I've been told, it's really, really, and for, at least from the video aspect, because Cassidy did, uh, who's, one of, who's my head coach here, he did mm-hmm. take the whole, the whole online portion of it. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, it's really good. You know, I think um, you, I don't, they're not going to put something out on the street that sucks. So No, yeah, of course not. Um, no, that's, I think that's really awesome that they were able to stand that up so fast. But uh, here's one thing I think I remember the question is um, in your uh, work and in, in the academic side, like in your, in your court or any, like anywhere in your, um, in your master's or, or elsewhere, mm-hmm. have, have you come across anything that you're just like, okay, this is just completely different from the, uh, what you believe based on your uh, training in CrossFit um, and where you're like, I think that this is basically like, I think this is garbage and um, <laughs> wasted. I've now I have wasted my money as a, as a student here at this university. Uh, 
no, I don't think so. And, but I'll also, I'll also tell you why. That's not to say that I don't disagree with some of the stuff that, I, and I can't remember what the course was, but it was something, I mean, it was something that had kind of a little bit of a political flavor to it. Okay. Um, and so I, obviously anybody who's listened to the podcast knows that I'm, I'm never one to shy away from a controversial topic or, or having a, a I don't like to think of it as an argument. It's just a discussion. I just enjoy, you know, what I like to consider um, mental jousting. Uh-huh. And um, I like it too. So um, no, nothing that, for, so for me, I, I think of that as development. So I, I think the ability to, to be nimble, uh, mm-hmm. to be mentally nimble and be able to navigate conversations and uh, counter arguments. And I think that's in a lot of instances, I think that's, uh, assuming that you're you're not the politician type who could basically just be, never actually answers a question. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, I think that's I think that's super beneficial as a professional to to know how to answer something directly um, with with some with at least some substantial kind of background data to support why. Like, why do you believe this? Well, I believe it because X, Y, and Z. Um, and that's where I think I had a little bit of a head, a, a, a leg up in some mm-hmm. of the course that I've taken thus far. Um, Cause I actually had, had one teacher, I don't even remember what it was, but he was just like, this is the best answer I've ever had. Oh, cool. <laughs> and uh, which was shocking. Cause I am not an intellectual. And I said, well, listen, I've been told a lot of things by teachers. That is not one of them. <laughs> so I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was not because, you know, I'm this, you know, intellectual juggernaut. It was, it was, l- it was just my experience. That's all I was speaking to. It was like, this is how it works, you know? So, um, to that, to that, to that point that that's where I think going to school at a later age, it helps a lot. And yeah, it can be very beneficial and to some degree fun. Yeah. You know, because it's not conceptual anymore. Now I'm speaking to, Oh, like, I actually know how this works, mm-hmm. like like real life, how it works, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and how this is, and, to, and ah, so right. yeah, yeah, so I'll so I'll give you another example. So like in with regard to, uh, I believe it's a sports marketing course. There's some concepts in there that you would learn on your own if you own a business and you were trying to do this and you were trying to figure it out on your own that you may not know what the concepts are. But the second you read them, it starts to frame up all of your thoughts. So to some degree, it's a good way to organize your experience to be able to comprehend it a little bit better and therefore execute it mm-hmm. on a more efficient basis. Uh, and that's where I think it could be beneficial. Like there is value in, in taking thoughts that have been refined by other people yeah. and then having that instead of doing everything as the, you know, uh, on the fly, I'm going to, you know, the, the old on the job training, like mm-hmm. it's great. You do need that, but this to say there's not value on the academic side is, is a little short-sighted, I think. I think so. Uh, but no, I just, I, I asked these questions from a perspective of somebody who was like, just had blinders on, knew nothing else but the academic side. And then basically I read a bunch of stuff in the CrossFit journal and thought, wow, this is like addressing the same topics that I've always been interested in and studying but has but the approach is completely different. The conclusions are could not be more diametrically opposed, and um, the also the results are twenty times better than anything we've ever come up with in the academy. Um, as far as like the, getting back to the exercise science side and the 
um, adaptations and, and all that stuff. Um, it's just so different. So I always like to um, pick brains of people like yourself um, well, just to see like what your perspective is and what your um, well, I think you're just looking at two, you're, I think you're looking at two different pools of people, those that are interested in the why, and then those that are interested in the what, like, what was the result? Like, that's all I care. Like, did we win? I don't care what the play calling was. Did yeah. we win? Do we have more points than the other team is all yeah. I give a shit about. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. And I think that is probably where you could draw a pretty hard line in the sand mm -hmm. with regard to putting those two groups of people, if we had to put them in two buckets, um, mm -hmm. Is like those who care what the outcome was and those who really care why. And, and again, both of them operating completely independent of the, uh, of the other is probably not ideal. But if, if, you had, if I had to choose, I'm going to take the what. Because I just think, as we've, as we've seen, if we are just constantly chasing the why, it takes us down some weird rabbit holes uh, to these ideas and hypotheses that are just not correct when I, when, when mm -hmm. I go into the real world. So. Yeah, it gets all theoretical and it's, um, yeah, it's not very useful. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of another example of that. Um, so I, have a, I had a couple of nuclear engineers that were client, and actually one of them was a coach for a while, uh, Jeff Decker, he's up in uh, Michigan. He, um, I was talking about I was reading something and we were just we were tossing back the idea uh, and I think Gary Taubes so if you're not a Gary Taubes fan calm down um, he had he had he had posted something about not being able to do the conversion from I'm really digging deep here into this this old video about basically like it you can't mathematically actually do this conversion from basically like a calorie or measuring in BTUs to weight loss. Like there, like there's no amount of stoichiometry that could actually like give you that actual outcome. Yeah. Well, if, um, if, if you were, is it the, is it the one where if you were to apply the 3,500 calories per pound? I think so. And he, yeah. And, I, and his basic, his basic concept was like, you can't do it. Like it doesn't work. There, there's no math that says that if I cut this amount of calories, that somehow this is how I would calculate the number of pounds that would come off based yeah. on, on fat yeah. tissue. Yeah. And my buddy who was a nuclear engineer and he was like, Hey, listen, I understand what you're saying. He's like, but actually you probably could do that math. And he's a nuclear engineer. So I was just like, okay. I was like, I believe you, but that doesn't mean that that's what is, what would actually happen inside the body of a human being. Right. So like, there's a difference between like, could I actually do this in a vacuum? Sure. Probably. I, I don't know. I'm too stupid to know. Um, but I, but I think that was kind of missing. And, and this is not a shot at Jeff. Like I love Jeff. He's a yeah, great yeah, coach. I um, but that was, that's where kind of like, you know, people that have that idea uh, that are kind of in the Taubes camp who just say like, listen, that's not how it works. Yeah. Like you, again, you're, you're talking about this idea in a vacuum absent of all the other things that are going on, mm -hmm. you know, physiologically within the human body and they matter. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, my stance is, yeah. And people ask all the time, probably a dozen times a week about, mm -hmm. I get a DM or an email or something that says, what should I, what should I do? Like how, yeah. like, what should I do? And, and they'll, they generally list a bunch of courses. And my answer is always yes. All of it. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just pick one. 
and start going towards it. I think everybody, there's this, uh, this misunderstanding that there's, the, there's a course out there that it's going to put you over the top. Uh, and yeah. that's just not true. I don't, I don't is, care what it is. Is, would you say, what are some common, um, sort of themes as far as let's take, let's take the, the goal of getting on staff. Um, okay. if I were to, if I were to start my life over, let's say, let's go back to like 2005, getting out of college. Got it. And, uh, if I, at that time, if I had known about, first of all, if I'd known about CrossFit, I would have been doing CrossFit. Um, secondly, if I'd known about the staff, that would have been like a, I could definitely see where that would be a goal that mm -hmm. I would have. And I'm sure you, this is probably the example of people that you get in your DMS all the time. Right. Um, yeah. what would you say is a, is a, uh, maybe two or three uh, areas of deficiency. I hate to use that term because it sounds negative, but whatever. Um, areas of deficiency that like kind of hold people back from distinguishing themselves as like competitive. This is competitive, right? I mean, not just anybody who wants to get on staff gets on staff. It's like, my understanding is very selective. It's um, very, it's very low. I, I don't know what the actual higher rate, I, I could just go off of my experience of people that I've seen come through the filtering process yeah. and actually get hired. It's, it's very, very low. Like, let's just say less than 5%. I, I could throw it out there, but I, I yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's 5%, but I mean, like if I was to just swag it, probably like 10 to 15, okay. maybe. Yeah. Like, it's not so high. It's, like, let's call it one in 10. So what's the, so if I were to take the, let's say, yes, yeah, so it's one in 10, take that one and compare it to like the other nine. What are some differences? <laughs> this is going to sound super not sexy. Yeah. Um, the the fundamental difference is not actually understanding the complexities of all the methodology within CrossFit. It is the absolute lack of grasp of the basics. It's the fundamentals, isn't it? It's the fundamentals. It is yeah. just the for instance the, the number of people that come in that don't know the points performance for the air squat or the deadlift or the nine foundational movements or whatever, or don't, uh, haven't learned the progressions. Um, that, I mean, you can throw everybody in that bucket pretty much. Like if, the ones that don't make it, like they just didn't pass go. Like that was, that was the first piece of information that you need to know to move forward. Because from a practical application of, of coaching, you have to have a, a very firm grasp of those things because now that basic set of knowledge, and I will call it basic because it's not, it's not a long list of things yeah. and they're not terribly complex. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Some gives things. you the baseline level of knowledge to now go in and execute on coaching athletes real time. But if you don't know that you're, you're just pissing in the wind. Yeah. You know, it's super interesting to me. I sit here, this is the stuff I sit here and think about when I listen to your podcast is like, I would say that the, the same, you've got to have the same distinction between the A students that I work with in my job as a professor and mm -hmm. like the, the A minus and the B plus, like the, the solid A's, like the top 5% actually aren't that much. I wouldn't say that they're that much smarter than even the B students, mm -hmm. but it's more like the, the, the approach and like the ability to not forget the fundamentals and like not lose the forest through the trees, you mm -hmm. know? Um, it's kind of the novice's Kirch, the, the, the novice's Kirch that coaches talked about is like yep. the, and you could just apply it to a coach is this urge to get to the more complex, sexier things when the reality is you should still be working on looking at the air squat. 
you know, yeah. I, I got a, uh, I have a, uh, a guy here who's interning good dude. And I think he's going to do well, but you know, he sends me videos pretty regularly and he'll, it's of him coaching a movement and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, quite frankly, like it's not good, but nobody's good at that point. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. then it's just, it's, so then it's a series of questions. What are you looking at? Mm-hmm. Why are you looking there? And, mm-hmm. and th- these questions are not to put people on the spot to make them feel bad. It's to unpack their thought process f- so that I can help direct what would be a more efficient route to get where you want to go, which is fixing that right now. And when you start to ask those questions, you realize that, again, most of them are not in command of basic things like what are the points of performance for the air squat? Well, I want neutral spine. I want weight in the heels. I want good line of action. I want hip crease below the knee for range of motion. I want the knees to track the toes. That, that is what you should have. And if you want to get on staff, that is what you should have. Yeah. You, sh- you need to be able to have a really, really firm grasp of that information so that I'm not searching for it real time when I step on the floor and look for an athlete. That's not to say that knowing those things and be able to rattle them off really quickly is, is going to punch your ticket. You still have to be able to execute it. Yeah. So, but that's the first thing. And then the second thing is probably, honestly, probably just not enough time teaching, mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to the, other, the first one, which it, as a teacher, I mean, you could attest to this probably more than, than I can, uh, at, at least in the, uh, the, as a, in the scholastic side of this somebody who has a really firm grasp of any subject doesn't even matter what it is can explain it very simply. Mm-hmm. And typically that's where you see a downfall for some people is that they, they have a pretty good grasp of it, which is just enough to get them into hot water when yeah. things start to move a little faster, instead of having the wherewithal to dial this back and make it simple, simple, simple. Yeah. It, it, the, the answer becomes make it more complex. And that generally doesn't go well. Yeah, no, that's the, you know, enough to be dangerous kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. I've tried to. Yeah, avoid which that. is me and like every other aspect of my life, if you know, me, I'm talking me. about like all that stuff. Yeah. So, well, yeah, assembling my home gym. It's like, <laughs> no, just enough. To <laughs> well, now, now I'm afraid to go test that pull up bar that Man, you said you put up. <laughs> I got, I got to tell you, that thing is solid. I do. <laughs> I still, and um, I, I went, I got to. Is it in the wall or is it a ceiling mounted? It's in, it's in the brick wall okay. of the side of my house. Okay. And yeah, I went and got these anchors um, that go into the wall. It's got a masonry drill bit. Man, it's soft. And it is not going, that, that thing is not going anywhere. What uh, it, so we'll, 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 we'll ask, what's your preferred brand of power tools? Uh, preferred meaning the only one I've ever bought because I haven't. <laughs> but I think it's a DeWalt, a DeWalt drill. Okay. That's not is that bad. nice? Yeah, no, good stuff. I've, I've, over the years, I've, I've very much become a Milwaukee man. Um, okay. Just because, like, I have a, a weird subset of skills as an affiliate owner that I, like, yeah, yeah, I've ridicul- I have a little ridiculous set, set of tools at this point. Um, but, um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I would say to anybody is, you know, spend way more time on the basics, you know, knowing mm-hmm. those things. Um, you, Spending more time on the basics makes makes learning the the, the intricacies much easier and much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's yeah, my maybe that's why I like listening to your show because I, I that's a message I hear over and over and over again, and it, it's like affirming my own bias. And this it's funny because like 
I'll just say this. Uh, might not, it's not going to mean anything to anyone listening to it, but my, my doctoral dissertation, the topic was um, the effects of exercise on um, levels of reactive oxygen species and nitric oxide production in circulating vascular stem cells. So okay. like super, 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 super deep and specific topic and like the regulation of these free radicals in these cells. And it, the, point, the point of sharing that is that it's super, it's the, the complexity, I, I thought at that time that going to that level of complexity was like the way to do good science. But that was about 10 years ago that I was working on that and then uh, I finished my PhD in 2011 and started as an independent faculty member at, um, in 2013. And, and so in the last seven years, I am moving further and further away from that super niche stuff that's like, for people in the field, it's super impressive, everybody loves it, but um, I'm just getting more and more interested in like the fundamentals, like going back to the to exercise science papers of like the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, um, where it, 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 some of the fundamental knowledge was, was initially established and you go and look at it and it's like, you know, there's actually still a lot to unpack here, some very basic mm -hmm. questions. Um, and coupling that with like the CrossFit methodology, which is just to uh, succinctly say the aspect that excites me the most, I talked about at the summit is yeah. the idea of quantifying exercise in terms of um, physics. Uh, what is the power output associated with the task that you completed? That that's so simple, profound in its simplicity. <laughs> I know There's so much application there, and it hasn't been touched on the extra science side. So that's been, anyway, that's just to share. That's like the transition that I've kind of gone through. And no, I get it, which is, and I, I, and I can see how that'd be frustrating, but. Well, but it's, again, it's exciting too. Yeah. Which is cool because then you can start to write, you can start to unpack that a little bit and they're like, wow, this goes really deep. And like, um, I think it was, it was either you or Yuri was talking about like doing it with like different movements. I think it was you. Probably. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm talking um, about like what, you know, what would be the theoretical power output for like for specific movements. That sounds like um, something I would babble about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, I think, I think all that stuff is cool. So, I mean, I think, and that's, and again, that's my answer is like, I don't think that it matters as long as whoever it is, is in the pursuit of the pursuit of just garnering more knowledge mm -hmm. so that you can figure out where and when it applies. And the reality is, I mean, I don't know what your experience is, but mine is that most of it you're not you're not really going to apply every once in a while right. you'll have the opportunity to pull that information out of your brain and yeah. oh i can talk to that you know but for the most part it's just it's a what my dad would describe as uh mental gymnastics just yeah, making uh, your brain making your brain stronger that's a clean that's a clean way to put it i've heard it a different way yeah <laughs> <laughs> um on that note is there is there anything for those that are that do want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into we'll just go with the metabolic pathways because you brought it up is there any uh i would say either literature or something that could be digested by the layperson who's not in a master's course that you would recommend people dive into um that's a good question there's there's actually honestly there's a fair amount in the journal um okay there's actually really good stuff in the journal um and you know where a good repository for that is, is um, the, uh, the CCFT uh, content guide. The, yep, 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 yep. The level three. Mm -hmm. uh, the study remember. material, yeah. Study material, yep. yep. And there's a section on that 
uh, a section in that uh, that's on exercise science. And there's a list of articles that, and also a couple of videos um, that are really quite good. And even, even if someone's not even studying, like I'm not studying for my level three, yeah. Uh, but I uh, have gone through that list and it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's in, and there's some, uh, I, I actually, I learned stuff from it. Uh, and, and I, what I learned, not so much the content, but learn ways to, to talk about it and ways to apply it. That's the important part, I think, right? Particularly as a teacher, which I think is probably right. why you find it valuable. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's really interesting that you bring that up because I have been like on this quasi little mission myself to get people to start digging back into the journal. And you know, that might've been one of the episodes where I like thought about some of the stuff that uh, I remember you, I remember you kind of going into that. My God, it is a treasure trove of information. It's I just, people are like, you get on these forums, people are like, oh, what's some good information? I'm like, it's like people don't even know CrossFit.com is a thing anymore, which is like, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Like if there, if there's reasons for that or people have a hypothesis, like whatever, it's yeah. a place where you can go and you can learn literally anything you want yeah. to learn with regard to CrossFit at, at a pretty nauseating level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so for anybody, I think I was talking about this in one of the mentor groups. If, uh, if you want to learn how to teach a movement, whatever, I don't care what it is, push, press, push, jerk, mm -hmm. whatever. If you just go into the journal and you type push, press, <laughs> there's going to be a series of videos that come up of, of some of the best coaches around teaching that stuff. Yeah. It's not scripted. It's not a lecture. These are people who are doing real time problem solving and you're watching them teach other people how to do it. And mm -hmm. there are, there's just, there are some gems in there from some really smart people. Uh, and some of it's a little bit newer and some of it's old, but here's the deal. It's all good. It's all, and it's even the old stuff is, is still pertinent. Yeah. yeah. The, um, the authors of the, of the papers that I'm thinking of are uh, Lon Kilgore, anything he's written. Oh yeah. It's just, awesome really he, i mean he's been a contributor to the journal f probably since yeah. the beginning yeah um I've, I've leaned heavily on his work uh, a guy named i have not met i've met lon a couple of times i've not met um tony leland or leyland uh but he's got i know who you're talking about i've not met him either yeah he's he's also he's an academic i want to see in canada somewhere i uh, believe that's correct and he's got a couple articles that are like why the vo2 max is not um, the end all and be all, and you know it was probably more pertinent and more part of the the, the sort of mainstream conversation in like the mid two thousands, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago, and that's yeah. when some of these articles date back to. But um, it's still really valuable, I think. And I think yeah, well, that's because I, I think that's because that's when uh, probably coach, but I could be wrong. But that I, we'll call it CrossFit. But that's when they kind of probably were pretty. How should I describe this? Pretty aggressively waving the flag of VO2 is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, yeah. it is not, it is not the thing that people should be chasing. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there was a lot of people that got butthurt about that. Um, yeah. And they, uh, they did. And, and I guess they're, they're not anymore as much. Well, I think because everybody like it's, no it's one, hard to argue that it is argue. like, there's so many other things that like are more useful than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and again, it's not to say that it's not valuable. It's the same, it's the same concept that we talk about. Uh, at least I do when I give the, what is CrossFit lecture and we talk mm -hmm. about heart rate, mm -hmm. you know? Right. So, 
you know, it's not to, not to say, because typically you're going to, people who are worried about heart rate and heart rate variability, uh, heart, well, a little bit more so in professional sports like football and stuff. Now they're worried about heart rate variability and cut and recovery, but typically that metric could largely be associated with the endurance community. They're worried about heart rate and, and, and RPE and, and what exertion uh, looks like. And the example that I give is heart rate is only useful in the presence of other information. hundred percent. Outside of that, it's, it's useless. It's no, it is no different than saying how much somebody weighs and giving me no other metrics. It, it right. simply does not matter. It, it's, it's one piece of a larger pie. And that's where, and that's why I tell people I'm like, you should pay attention to heart rate. You know, it is to some degree a measure of your biological output. So this is where you can, this is where you can help athletes understand that this is with this. So think of this as a more advanced uh, CrossFit athlete for somebody who might get plateaued, meaning mm-hmm. that we'll use Fran because it's a, it's an easy one, but mm-hmm. you have somebody who goes from a, whatever, we'll call it a, a 345 or a, a 245 Fran to a 230 Fran. And they're a little bit upset because it's only 15 seconds, right? <laughs> Which we all could agree that 15 seconds of Fran is a lot, particularly once you drop under three minutes. Yeah. However, however, if I compare that 15 seconds with a significant drop off in heart rate, average heart rate across that, that workout, mm-hmm. well, now I have another piece of information to tack onto that and say, well, listen, you did go faster. And to some extent, you're only going to get so fast based on how tall you are, how close you are to the pull-up bar. Like once you get under three, we're talking about some really minute shit. But if we can talk about the efficiency with which you dropped 15 seconds and you had an average heart rate that was lower by 10, you know, that is significant. Yeah. You've gotten a lot a way more efficient, you know, if you, if you can keep, you know, max heart rate in the 140 to 150 range while doing a 230 Fran, yeah. that's scary. You that's, know, that's where, scary. where most people, they break under the three minute, it's like 170, you know, like it's just full racehorse mode. Hey so man, under four. Okay. <laughs> listen, I mean, I t- like under four is all anybody would ever need in real life. I mean, that's, that you're, that's, you're a superhero, but yeah, it's yeah. stuff like that where it's stuff like that where, and I guess that's probably a pretty good example of like the understanding a little bit deeper level of some of these things has value. Yeah. Once you start, once you really start to dig in deep mm-hmm. on an athlete or a specific scenario, but for most people, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hundred percent. Oh man, this was good. I'm glad we did this. Yeah, I hope, yeah, I hope it was, uh, it was all right that I kind of took over and started asking a bunch of questions. Um, hey, listen, I, uh, I don't, I don't care. It's, it's my show. We can do it whatever we want. So, yeah, okay, sweet. I know yeah. Jay thinks it's his show, but it's actually my show. So. It's actually your show. Yeah. Um, I, I love when you guys get on and, and um, have that, that banter back and forth with each other and you can, uh, <laughs> well, there's, there's a good one coming up. We did one okay. uh, that'll probably will have dropped by the time this one, but we, we went pretty deep down the rabbit hole of like, um, uh, what was it? We talked about the games the other day and then, Oh, we talked about, uh, uh, landlords and leases for an hour the other day. Oh, um, so yeah. But anyway, um, stay safe, my friend. Don't get yeah, the Rona. Don't yeah. get the Rona, and I hope oh. you guys can get back and uh, and back into school sooner rather than later, man. Yeah. This, coop, this being cooped up is not fun. It is, man. One advantage though is I'm actually getting more work done. 
That is the common theme across everything I've talked to. Yeah, yeah. No, that is the university, I just go there to talk to. I go there to talk to people, basically. Yeah. To class or interact with I, students or other. That's faculty. what I, I talked to Adrian Conway about that the other day because everybody's teleworking. You know, the sad part about that is like there's probably some people who who are getting fired now because they've been outed as not being productive. <laughs> oh, that is 100. I'm sure that's happening. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Well, we'll definitely have you back on. I hope you stay safe. Hope to catch up, yeah, catch man, up with you soon. Always a pleasure for me. This is, yeah. um, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Awesome brother. And, uh, if you've got anything and if you guys want to, uh, it's, uh, gains by Dr. J. Is that right? right? Yeah. yeah. Gains by Dr. J on Instagram gains with, a Z. with a Z of course. There's no other way to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, hit him up, follow him. He's got some cool stuff on there. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, particularly when he's working, you know, and doing some research stuff so you can go nerd out on that stuff, but, uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, like our pictures, feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.